See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right thinking, how can life be so nice again? There's the knock to the back post, and it down, knocked in! Sandoval there to clock it home! Schmidt the assist, New Mexico leads! All the things that we can be, and all the things that we can see. All the things that we can be, and all the things that we can see. You're listening to The Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the Beautiful Game Network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team, here's David and RJ with the Curse Cat. Hello, and thank you for tuning into the Curse Cast. I'm RJ Montano alongside David Carl, and we have a special episode for you today. It's the U.S. Open Cup preview, and it's not really a special episode. We're just kind of doing it earlier this week. Yeah, it's a Monday. We're typically on a Wednesday, typically on a, a, a Thursday, potentially one of those two days. I think it's our first ever Monday episode. We got to be ready, we got to be prepared. We're getting on a bus to Denver. Uh, and so let's knock this out. And then we're going to Vegas right after that. So yeah. we don't we didn't really have time to do it later in the week. We're, we're pulling a, Uni- uh, a New Mexico United. Yeah, we're on the road. We're, we're just uh, <laughs> on the road and, and a bunch of matches and. It'll be fun. Short time. It'll be a blast. We're looking forward to it. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Vegas? It'll be a little hot, but we'll All have right. a good time. And, and again, U.S. Open Cup, first ever MLS oh, opponent. I'm excited for this trip. But before we get to that. David, we had our first big loss at home. Sacramento Republic came into Isotopes Park and they looked the dominant team. Yeah, they were. They looked fantastic. Uh, they they did everything uh, that New Mexico United typically does to their opponents, uh, and it showed uh, on the score sheet a three nil final score. Sacramento coming away with the victory, and that directly on the heels of a one to one draw against Oklahoma City on Wednesday. So uh, it's not a losing streak, uh, but it's it's as close as we've come to one thus far. And again, our first ever home loss. So really important that both the players uh, and the fan base really rally around this team. Uh, important, you know, you don't just stick around when the team's doing well, and you don't just support the team when they're doing well, but critical uh, that we support our guys, that everybody supports our guys in our front office uh, when they win, when they draw, and when they lose. Quick reaction, it looked like there was a lot of support still in the stands. Yes, absolutely. Being down three goals at the very end of the game, so that was a positive to take away but, David, let's talk about the play on the field. What did you see from New Mexico United? Uh, I thought that Sacramento Republic countered really well. New Mexico United, uh, for the second straight match, had the lion's share of the possession. Um, they were the more accurate team in their passes, um, but they couldn't really finish things in the final third. Kenny Akamatsu had a great chance. I don't remember when in the match it was, maybe about 35, 40 minutes uh, a little bit before half, I believe. We had a great chance on a turnaround on the left side of the box. Um, didn't just hit the bar, didn't just hit the post, but hit them both. The upper 90 would have been a beautiful goal if it had gone in. Uh, I thought Kenny Akamatsu played uh, played really well. Um, and, and again, we had opportunities. We just weren't able to finish them. Um, Sacramento countered beautifully and, and really controlled the midfield, in my opinion. Uh, a penalty in the 32nd minute, uh, Cameron Owasa puts it away. I don't not so certain about the the call on Justin Schmidt there to give them the penalty, but it is what it is at this point. Um, officiating has been an issue in the USL throughout uh, since we've we've come into existence. Uh, they score again in the 77th and then uh, put it away. Uh, I think it was in stoppage time, maybe in the 90th minute uh, with a third goal. So uh, by by no means pretty. Again, our first home loss of the season, but y- you pack up. You, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you move on, and I have no doubt that that these players will do so. They're, they're too strong mentally, they're too strong physically, and they're too well-coached not to. So, speaking of well-coached, um, that starting lineup was a little different than where we've, we expect. Uh, was... was- Troy kind of playing with fire, gambling there with a little bit, trying to save some guys for the Colorado Rapids game? I posted this on, on social media, and I, and I want to reiterate it here. I, I trust Troy. It's, oh, absolutely. It, and, and we'll, I'm well, not I, double, double uh, second-guessing. Uh, second guessing. But yeah. we saw, well, we did see that on social media, and that'll happen anytime there's a loss. People are saying, well, why was this guy here? You know, why did this guy start here? There's, In my opinion, you know, you can ask those questions. That's fine. Uh, but Troy's given us no reason to doubt him. These players, top to bottom, have given us no reason to doubt them. Uh, and and I I trust what these players and this coaching staff have done thus far. 
Um, was it different than we typically see? Sure, Kevon Frader and Ryan Williams up top as opposed to, you know, we've seen maybe Kevon Frader and Santi Moore or, or Kevon Frader and Devin Sandoval or Devin Sandoval and Santi Moore. Sure, that's different. You know, uh, you know Austin back in, back on the back line, I was thrilled to see him back there again. Manny back on the pitch, I was thrilled to see him back yeah. in there. You know, these guys, here's the thing. We don't have starters and backups. And I, I mentioned this, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. We're, we're really lucky uh, – in the depth that Troy has created and that this coaching staff has created, we don't have starters and backups. We really don't. Uh, are you going to tell Devin Sandoval he's a backup? Because he sure no, as hell is not. Yeah, he's absolutely not. not. And no, he doesn't start every game. It doesn't matter. You know, Santi Mora doesn't start every game, and he's second in the USL in goals. I don't buy that. That's bullshit. So, yes, it was different, but doesn't mean it's better or worse. Squad rotation is incredibly important for keeping players healthy, um, and I was happy to see it, frankly. Uh, another question that I've seen asked a lot is, did the guys look tired to you? I mean, a Saturday after a Wednesday is always tough. So, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, and I, I can't blame them for that. It's tough. Uh, a Saturday, like I said, a Saturday after a Wednesday, they've had all of these away matches, as you mentioned, RJ. Finally, finally home for two home matches, and they're back-to-back like that. So I don't blame them one bit for being tired. And, and again, they, they put in the effort. They came up short. It happens to every single club. What separates a good club from a great club is how you move on after a bad loss like that. Uh, and, and that loss, I mean, they're in extra time. They were still fighting. Yeah. Uh, Schmidt almost put one away. Just wide. Yeah, just wide. So they, they fought for the 95 minutes that, that they played. They, there was not ever a time where I thought maybe that they were just giving up and, and, and just going with the motion, they they fought the entire time, so that was that was fun to see. And Cameron Owasa, I don't mean to interrupt you, Archie, but Cameron Owasa is a very very good player. He's one of the better strikers in the league right now. So uh, you know, obviously, you do what you can to shut him down, but there's no shame in him scoring. He's yeah, very very he's very good. good player, known around the league uh, as as a top goal scorer. Yep, and and the crowd. I mean, I was really proud of the crowd because they were in it the the whole ninety five yeah, as well. They I mean, were fantastic, fun. absolutely fantastic. But let's move on. Uh, uh, Greener Pastures, the U.S. Open Cup. Let's look at that right now. Uh, this Wednesday, uh, we'll be taking on for the first time in our history. I say we. I'm not on the pitch. You're not on the pitch. New Mexico United will be taking on for the first time in their history an MLS club, Colorado Rapids. We beat their little brothers twice already this season. Now we take it to them. We're excited, RJ. How are you feeling? Uh, I feel really good about this match. I really do. Uh, I think we're going to see a strong lineup from uh, from New Mexico okay. United. Sure. Um, what we're hearing is maybe not the best lineup from Colorado Rapids. I mean, a month ago, they were going to start their starters. Tim Howard was going to start in goal for, for the U.S. Open Cup. Sure. They've had a little bit of success as of recent. Yeah, they've. Uh, I think it was they won four of the last five matches and drew the one they didn't win. Prior to that, prior to those five matches, they hadn't won a match in 200 days. So a big turnaround. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk with Matt Pollard. He is uh, the co-host of Holding the High Line, which is the Colorado Rapids podcast in the next segment. He's going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of what he expects as far as a lineup is concerned. Um, and again, how their season has gone, you, you just touched on it, RJ. You know, they started off terribly. They were they were at the bottom of the table for the vast majority of the season. They've got 15 points on the season. 13 of those are in their last five games. That's just to give you an idea of, yeah. of the turnaround they've had. And they had a, a change in management, uh, a change in, 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 in a coach, rather. Um, so a lot has changed for them, and it'll be interesting to see how seriously they take this and match. And I think that's a positive for New Mexico United. They're going to be able to catch them, you know, maybe not not the starters, which they probably would have seen if Colorado Rapids were still on that 200-day loss streak. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the Western Conference in the MLS is pretty similar in some ways to the Western Conference in the USL in that it's jam-packed. So, again, three, four weeks ago, Colorado was at the bottom of the table with three points, 12 points, something like that. I'm sorry, three points or two points, something like that. Now, on the, they're on this short winning streak. They're Well, I'm looking at the table right now. They are four points out of a playoff spot. That's insane. So it, it's it's very similar to the Western Conference, where if you lose a match or two matches, you'll drop quickly. And if you win a match or two matches and some of your opponents lose, you'll jump up quickly. So they are not out of the not out of uh, the playoff picture by any means, despite how poorly they started. And it's something Kavan uh, Freider said last week on the show: the the jump between MLS and USL players is not that steep. Right. Uh, the money is probably a lot steeper than anything else, but <laughs> the talent is not. And I think getting our starters to be able to go against their reserves is going to 
be a great showing for us. Well, and, and I, I, so when I used to live in Ohio and when I lived in Philadelphia, um, I watched a lot of MLS soccer over there. And I think the main difference that I've seen uh, between the MLS and the USL isn't, you know, how great these guys dribble or how well they pass or, or how well they shoot. It's the speed of the game. Um, and I think that's kind of helpful to us because we are a very fast team. We are one of the fastest teams in the USL. If there was a way to measure that, I don't think they measure 40 times, but we are a very fast team. So I think that's something that we can kind of, uh, I guess, attack. You know, the MLS is overall a faster league than the USL, but we are one of the fastest teams in the USL. So the main advantage that an MLS team may have over us Maybe not so much. So we have the speed, but I don't think we have the size as the uh, Colorado mm -hmm. Rapids. So yeah. is that going to be a factor? I, I think so. Uh, but defensively, these guys, Colorado Rapids back line, they line up huge. One of the players, I don't remember his name, tallest guy in the MLS, six foot seven. We'll talk to Matt about Jeez. that. Yeah, six foot seven. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, we have a, our our goal scorers, our strikers, our guys up top. They have a variety of styles. Uh, you know, Devin, who we've talked about at length, you know, he he loves to get in on those garbage goals, those rebounds, those, you know, his first goal was absolutely beautiful. And the header he had in the Open Cup oh, match yeah. was was fantastic. But he, he goes in and, and he hustles for those balls and he, he's not afraid to throw his body into it. And that's fantastic. Whereas Santi, he's more of a pretty goal scorer. You know, he can he'll cut left, he'll cut right, he'll take you off your dominant foot and he'll get a fire a shot before you can step step in front of it. Um, you know, Kevon is all speed. Um, and so it's 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 really nice to see a variety of styles and I think that will will bode well for us. All right. So the US Open Cup this uh this Wednesday, you'll probably be hearing this uh tomorrow is when we're going to travel up to play this US Open Cup. Uh that's going to be exciting. We got a busload of people going up. Yeah, yeah, we got a we got a busload. Uh, we're, if there's still a couple seats, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, if you are listening, we still have a few seats left. Uh, check us out on social media. Come on, code sick. Yeah, CurseNM.com. Uh, like I said, not many, but a few seats left. If you want to join us for the trip, we're going up Wednesday morning. We have a discounted hotel rate, and we will come back Thursday. We'll get you back Thursday afternoon. It's going to be a lot of fun. You only play an MLS team for the first time once. So yep, let's go. Make come the on, trip let's go. Us. We're going to have a blast. All right. Before our next recording, we're going to have another match between this. Uh, we're going to Vegas. Yeah. And when I say we, I actually mean we. Yeah, we are You going and I to are going to Vegas. So I've heard a lot of weird things about Las Vegas lights. <laughs> have you watched their, any of their matches? I have not watched any oh, matches, but an I keep hearing man. that there's an on-field uh, MC. <laughs> yes. There's kiddie pools. There's the wacky inflatable <laughs> waving. Wild wacky arm waving inflatable tube men. Yeah. So, all right. And, and from what I've, I've gathered, Vegas is llamas. great at home. Don't forget the llamas. And llamas. There's llamas. That's it's gonna, gonna be, be my weird. Part, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna so, be. It's a show. Well, like everything else in Vegas, it's a show. And that's. I appreciate that. I mean, it's not what I would want for my team. Yeah, but it'll I be want, fun for an away yeah, team. I don't want. I don't want United to start doing this. No. but it's like a Triple A AAA baseball. You don't go to watch the players play. You don't go watch the team win. You go to because. To NBA Wacky Noodleman is there or something like that. <laughs> it's fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, you know, Eric Winalda has two different teams uh, playing for him. He's got a home team and an away team, and they are entirely different. And I was going to ask you about that. So they're they're strong at home. Yeah. So what are what? Just quickly, what what can we expect from that match? Oh, uh, it's again, it's it's a match that's going to be, I would say, uncomfortable. Um, but they're not an unbeatable team at home. They they they're pretty much. I don't. I'm not sure they won anything on the road, um, but they they've dropped points at home. You know, they they drew with uh, Orange County. Uh, I believe that was Saturday. It was one to one, a one to one draw, and Orange County played with ten men for most of the match. Um, you know, they they lost to Orange County in the U.S. Open Cup. They gave up five goals at home in that match. Um, so they are definitely beatable at home. They're just much better at home than they are on the road. So I think New Mexico can go in there. Like New Mexico, uh, they've had some struggles on the back line. As you, as you heard me say, they gave up five goals in that match. Um, they don't score as much as New Mexico does, though. So um, I don't think they'll be able to keep up with our speed up top. I think the key to this match will be controlling the midfield and connecting uh, between guys like Justin Schmidt and Sam Hamilton in the back, getting the ball from them to Santi Moore, to Devin Sandoval, to Chris Weehan, uh, to Kevon Freider. If we can connect through the midfield, I think it's a match that's eminently winnable.
I've in the news recently. There's been a lot of talk about Vegas jumping to the MLS. Uh, <laughs> is that going to be the Lights team, or is that going to be an expansion team that goes up to MLS? I think it would potentially be the Lights. Um, just ask the Lights fans on Twitter. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they think so. They're all about it. They're all about it. And, and you know, if they can make the jump, uh, more power to them. Um, I think I believe that would be the case. I would need to do a little bit more digging on that. But uh, from what I've been able to gather, uh, it would be the Lights making the jump up there, and they would need, uh, you know investment in a lot of new infrastructure. I don't know if they would need an entirely new stadium. I assume so. I, from um, what I read, uh, so they, they would they share with at, the Raiders. Okay. So they will they play now at what used to be Cashman a minor Field. league baseball stadium, yeah. Cashman Field. Um, obviously, the baseball team, the 51s, are not there anymore. Um, so it is just their park, but they're playing pretty much at a baseball park. So they would absolutely need a new stadium, whether it be what they share with the the Raiders or, or whatever it might be, and it seems like if they are going to make the jump to MLS, now is the time. Uh, if if the you know the Raiders obviously are coming in and getting a new stadium, if they're willing to share that, I think it would be a good time for Las Vegas to make the jump. If they don't make it now, they're not going to make it. Yeah. So yeah. well, I I don't know necessarily if the Lights deserve that jump to MLS, <laughs> but I think Vegas does. I think having a pro. MLS team in Vegas is smart. I absolutely love going to Vegas. Uh, the Mountain West Conference Tournament is there. It's I covered a great, that once, yeah. It's, it, it's a great place to have big things like this. Well, and they've done a good job, uh, Vegas, at, at supporting what they have. I mean, think about it. First year in the history of, of their hockey team, and, and the yeah. Las Vegas Golden Knights go to the Stanley Cup Finals. They're selling out every, every game, and 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 I mean, the second year, they still sold out every game. They didn't go to the Finals, but I mean, they're... They've done a good job of supporting the one team they have. And when so, UNLV is good, basketball-wise, yes. at least, yeah, they're they're it's packed. So and yeah. so, yeah, I mean, maybe they get an MLS side. Maybe they, I mean, obviously, they're definitely getting an NFL side. Um, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's, NBA maybe down the road. So the, yeah, I think this is a town that's that deserves. I mean, just because of the lights, not the yeah, yeah soccer yeah. team, the the lights and the glamour of Vegas. My my question is, can I bet? On the USL match, probably not. I think isn't there a rule in Vegas where they don't let you bet on Vegas teams or something like that? Is is that a rule? Is that a thing? That's a thing here. I know it's here. Is that not in Vegas? I don't, I don't think. Like, could it, I bet? No, on, yeah, we could, could go. With, yeah, there? I could go put a hundred dollar bet on the Lobos versus UNLV. So who's gonna have a line on New Mexico United <laughs> against Las Vegas Lights? If they have it, I'll bet it. Well, I'm, depends yeah, on what the line I'm is. Gonna, I guess. Yeah, I don't care. I'll t- <laughs> I want to place that. Bet. I'll take. I'll take New Mexico United minus four. All right. All right. What, what's the over under on buffets we hit up? <laughs> I'll say six in the three days we're there. Uh, it'll All be right. fun. It'll be fun. All right. So we will be right back in just a minute with our second segment. Again, we're gonna have Matt Pollard from Holding the High Line. That's the Colorado Rapids MLS podcast. On in just a minute. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Curse Cast. Looking for a great place to catch Premier League, MLS, and USL games? Star Brothers Brewing is your family-friendly destination to catch all your favorite soccer matches. Star Brothers is also home to your official New Mexico United watch parties with a Curse Supporters Group. Get 15% off your ticket when you show your Curse membership card. Star Brothers Brewing is located at 700 San Antonio Drive in the Northeast Heights, just east of I-25 on San Antonio. You can find Star Brothers on Facebook or Instagram or visit starbrothersbrewing.com. Watching the one-hit wonder on my TV screen Said how was good looks and it's groovy beats I'm gonna help you move your beats in And welcome back into the Curse Cast. We are joined now by a very special guest, Mr. Matt Pollard from the Holding the High Line podcast. That is the Colorado Rapids podcast. Matt, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for uh, for having me, guys. Excited to talk about uh, you know the magic of the cup. The magic of the cup. We're certainly hoping for a little bit of magic on Wednesday. So before we get to that matchup, I want to talk a little bit about the Rapids' form lately, if you don't mind, Matt. You guys were really in a rut there for a while. I think it was like 200 days without a win, and then all of a sudden, you guys are gangbusters. You've, I think, got points in five straight, all those wins except for the one against Philadelphia. Is, I mean, What's changed? 
Oh, no, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. I guess the, the stat everyone in Rapids land was really looking at was uh, arch nemesis uh, from the Rocky Mountain Cup. Real Salt Lake had the record in 2007 for the most league games into a season without a win, and the Rapids actually tied that, and we're looking at actually breaking that in a road game at Los Angeles against the LA Galaxy and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan gets suspended two days before, and the Rapids got out a 1-0 draw on an 82nd-minute goal by a uh, rookie and former DU pioneer um, Andre Shinyashiki. The the turnaround and the run of form that this team's been on the last month, you know, I don't think anybody could have seen it coming, even people in the locker room, to be honest. You know, um, they had a really bad result at Atlanta United that kind of flattered them with uh, that game only being 1-0. And Anthony Hudson had some pretty incendiary comments as a second-year manager um, out of that game, you know, he said that it was about the process and this was going to take time. And I think the exact quote was, uh, it's a cheap bottom group of players with a bottom team. What else do you want? Mm. Um, he was fired after that. Uh, former Rapids legend who won MLS Cup in 2010 and was an MLS journeyman, uh, Connor Casey, steps in as interim head coach. And he says, I'm going to simplify everything. No more diamond midfield. No more trying to be a possession team. We're going to play four at the back. We're going to have two holding midfielders in a double pivot, pivot and we're going to put our fast guys out on the wing and have them absolutely run and the entire goal is going to be to get the number nine striker Kai Kamara MLS legend the ball and we're going to try and create goals off of that and you know it hasn't always been pretty it wasn't a very pretty result um you know on the weekend uh um against Minnesota United but it's been extremely effective nobody's really able been able to figure it out um and then also in the middle of that they had the end of the spring transfer window for um MLS in which they acquired Jonathan Lewis who was a good um U.S. under 20 player at the time for um, New York City uh, FC traded Mott him. Uh, he's now with the U.S. national team for the Gold Cup. Uh, we'll see how that goes given how the boys played against uh, Venezuela. Um, and they also got Columbus crew defender um, Lala Sabu Bakar, who's just been an absolute rock in um, at the back at center back. Him and Tim Howard have figured things out. So it's been uh, it's been a collective effort. It's a whole bunch of things. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I'm still kind of in shock talking about it, how, you know, we're talking about this. A month ago, I would have said, the Rapids are going to lose in the first round no matter who they play. They, they could have played the Florida Soccer Soldiers and, you know, lost 3-0 on that one. But this is a very different team mindset-wise going into the game on Wednesday. Well, speaking of that, uh, Matt, uh, you know, you have a hot USL team in New Mexico looking at a team in the, uh, the Rapids that was struggling there for a while, and you kind of get a little hyped up, and then you realize maybe the Rapids are going to start their starters for this game. So you get a little worried, but now that there's been a little bit of success with the Rapids, who could we expect to see on the field? Are we gonna be uh, Are we gonna be scoring on Tim Howard? Is my question. <laughs> I, I would not expect Tim Howard to be in this game at all. Spoke with Connor Casey after the game um, on Saturday. They said they had done a little bit of prep work, but had a little bit more to do. Um, I imagine uh, Brian Crookham, who is the academy director for the Rapids, who's been a big part of the wave of homegrown signings for the club, is as of this year the general manager of um, the Colorado Spring Switchbacks. He's heavily tapped into what's going on in the USL. Um, I actually saw him in the game down in the Springs on May 18th uh, that uh, New Mexico United won 3-0. So I imagine he could be sitting in on some team meetings today and probably tomorrow to prepare for that team. And Casey said that uh, there is going to be some squad rotation. When he initially took over as interim manager, it was kind of everybody was in and out of the lineup. They had a couple injuries at the time um, that have now mostly gone away and aren't really a concern. Um, but, you know, he was rotating the cast and he started – three different back lines over the course of three different games. So it's been, you know, a lot of next man up. It's been a lot of rotation um, with players and figuring out what's worked. Um, Saturday's lineup was very predictable and it's kind of stabilized. So I think we have a better idea of who the starters were for the Rapids at that point. But there's still been some rotation in the midfield. And even through all of this, you know, all the guys who've come in have all been on really, really good form. So if I were to make a, a FIFA video game analogy, you know, the second team who's probably playing for for the most part, on Wednesday, yes, they have lower player ratings than the starters, but everybody's on good form. Um, the one concern that I would have is on the back line. Casey started with the exception of the left-back position where there's been two players, the exact same players um, across the last three games. The aforementioned Lala Sabubakar has been starting. Um, Tommy Smith, who's a very good passer out of the back, formerly of Ipswich Town. 
And then it's been Keegan Rosenberry, who the Rapids acquired from Philadelphia Union at right back. And then, of course, Tim Howard in goal. I would imagine um, Clint Irwin, um, who is a backup for the Rapids um, and won uh, the Cup a couple years ago, MLS Cup, with uh, Toronto FC, will be on back line. Um, you're probably going to see uh, the two homegrown outside backs in Sam Vines on the left and Sebastian Anderson on the right. Sam Vines was an out-and-out starter with Charlotte Independence last year and is very good. I wouldn't expect him to miss a beat. What happens at center back is kind of a concern for me just because the other guys haven't really gotten a run out and that's mostly because they didn't play well at times both under Casey and under Anthony Hudson before he got fired and especially given some of the firepower and all the speed that New Mexico United has the two fastest starting center backs the Rapids have are Abu Bakar and Tommy Smith you're probably going to see Axel Schuberg maybe who's six foot seven he's the tallest player in MLS very very good at locking things down in the air not the most fleet of foot and you could also see a Rapids debut for Sam Rabin, who's spent most of his time in the Springs this season and has been on the bench for Steve Trishew. That's a concern for me. Um, I wouldn't expect much to change um, in terms of what the team's got going forward, just because with all the rotation, everybody's scoring. Uh, I mentioned Andre Shinyashiki a minute or two ago. Um, I'd expect him to start either on the wing or up top. He and Diego Rubio kind of switch things out, and they both scored goals recently, so I'd expect them to play well. Um, and then Nicholas Mesquita, who scored a goal in his last three games all off the bench, I would expect him to start in the number 10 role um, in the 4-2-3-1 for Connor Casey on Wednesday. Now, Matt, is is there, from a fan perspective, is there a lot of excitement for the U.S. Open Cup? Obviously, it's our third round, fourth round overall, but it's, it's early days for you guys. Um, is the fan support there for the Open Cup? Is this something where you're expecting kind of a smaller crowd, both due to the fact that it's a Wednesday and because it's not in league play? What's the expectation there? Um, I'll def- I definitely expect it to be a smaller ground, mostly just because it's, it's Wednesday. There's a, a whole bunch of data, both Rapids-based and, you know, we could say MLS and even USL, um, that it's just tougher for fans to get out to games. I haven't been able to check, but historically, like maybe three or four years ago, this was actually a game that was a freebie or included in the season ticket package for season ticket holders. So maybe that was an incentive for people to come out to games. But I know... Two years ago, the Rapids were on the road at Nashville in their first uh, op- and only Open Cup game. They lost that one 2-0, but two years ago, they played OKC Energy, and it wasn't a part of the season ticket package, but it was, it was cheap. It was like 15 bucks for ticket for a ticket, no matter how you, where you sat in the stadium, and season ticket holders got first dibs. Then, obviously, if you're going to the game, you'll spend the 15 bucks on the tickets. It's way cheaper than what you would get, even the supporters section that are normally about 20 to 25. Um, so so I'm not entirely sure. I would expect it to be a smaller crowd. There's a distinct possibility that the Rapids are going to close off a section of the stadium, probably the camera side. That'd be the east front, east side of the stadium. And then you'll have the main home stand, which is on the west. And then the uh, closed end zone with the loop that's on the south side, section 117, is normally where C38 is sending. So you could only have, you know, maybe two-thirds of a horseshoe completely filled out. In terms of just general fan excitement for the ones who are planning to be there anyways, um, if you'd asked me a month ago, I think everybody would have been saying, the season's absolutely lost, we should tank and just focus on U.S. Open Cup. It's five games to try and get a trophy and get into CONCACAF Champions League. Um I think there's still a little bit of sentiment of that, that it's still only five games and it gets you a trophy far more. But, you know, with everything the Rapids have done now, you know, they went from being bottom of the Western Conference to just five points out of the playoffs in a very, very crowded um, in a very, very crowded Western Conference. That said, we've now entered the group stage phase for the Gold Cup, so none of the MLS teams are going to be playing. So the Rapids have this coming weekend off. They don't play until next weekend. They're at Vancouver a week from this coming Saturday, so they've got 10 days off anyways. I would expect them to take it seriously in terms of whoever Connor Casey's playing. They're expected to go out there and try and get a win. This isn't going to be an exercise you know, for the reserve team um, you know, against a, a perceived lesser opponent in playing at home against the USL side. So speaking of that, what what is the perception of, of uh, New Mexico United going up there? What, what What's known about New Mexico United? Um, well, I mean, uh, just looking at the table, you know, you guys are you're in your first year in MLS and you're absolute world beaters. So I guess, you know, we were we were joking 
um, earlier when you know we recorded for holding the high line with you guys and you compared yourself to Atlanta United and you know Atlanta United steps on the field and they're immediately an MLS Cup contender in their first year and you know you you guys are in that front so I think definitely uh, I am of the belief that if you take away the DPEs and the targeted allocation monies I, I think on average a very a playoff level USL team starting is as good or better than most bench teams of non-playoff MLS teams. I hope that all made sense. So, you know, right now, given that the Rapids are not in a playoff spot, you know, if New Mexico United comes here and plays their starters and the Rapids, you know, take away the 11 starters and start everybody past that, I would expect it to be a close game, especially given that New Mexico, you know, will be conditioned at altitude. I thought they looked absolutely fantastic against um, the Colorado Springs switchbacks, you know, this last month uh, when I saw them, you know, when they won 3-0. So, you know, I, I expect that they're a good team. You know, the the club does a, a bunch of really good things as far as the offensive side of the ball, and especially given that my biggest concerns for the team is what's happening at center back and what's happening at the back, especially given that Tim Howard's not there. The Rapids' probably biggest area of weakness given the lineup they're going to play on on Wednesday is probably favoring New Mexico United's biggest strength. For that, I think it's going to be a close game, and I do not think that New Mexico United should be taken lightly on Wednesday. Absolutely. And so uh, you guys are, are owned by, obviously, by, by KSE. Um, and Stan Kroenke, obviously the owner of Arsenal as well. A couple other teams, I believe the Colorado, uh, uh, whatever the hockey team is up there, I don't remember. Uh, he Avalanche. owns both the, uh, the Avalanche and then he owns the Nuggets as well. And then, of course, you know, he's opening up uh, Jerry, West, uh, Jerry World um, West when the uh, Los Angeles Rams move into their new stadium in like two to three years or so, I think. But yeah, that's, that's the portfolio of KSE. Now, is, is that something where you guys feel as though, obviously there's been a, I'm an Arsenal supporter, so there's been a bit of unrest with KSE uh, up there uh, in, in London. Is that something where you guys feel like you guys get the attention you need there? Is this something you're allowed to talk about? Uh, is, is, is this something that, obviously he's a man with, the, with his fingers in, finger in many pies. Uh, what's the KSE experience been like for you guys? Oh, it's absolutely something I can talk about. You know, I know when the, there are members of the of the Rapids media team and front office who I know have listened to the show at times, so I know I, I might get some snide eye or snarky comment about it. I'm kind of used to it at this point. Um, you know, it's it's absolutely a thing, and it's it's definitely something that, especially last year when the team's been you know bottom of the barrel both in performance results um, and in just uh, you know amount of spending on the team that's been you know a butt of the joke. You know, I think I remember there was a, a flow chart of Emily of everything of uh, like a flow chart of like you answer questions and you get to what the team owner is of every single um, of every single team and in at the end of the flow chart it was the Portland Timbers who are owned by um, Merritt Paulson who's basically a Twitter troll with a lot of money up there in <laughs> Portland and then Stan Crocky and then basically it was how do you feel about your owner and it's basically like he's Ebenezer Scrooge I hate him that's Stan Crocky <laughs> and it's uh, I had to block him on Twitter that's Merritt Paulson so you know Rapids fans have historically been upset with KSC, you know, they feel that they see it as, you know, um, as a cash cow that they can run, you know, at minimum level operating budget. There was a really good article in The Athletic about it, you know, right around the time that they fired Hudson and they were looking at getting a new head coach. Um, and the number one candidate that was rumored was actually going to be Josh Wolf, um, former Columbus crew player. And then he's basically followed Greg Berhalter around wherever he's been coaching. And it was basically reported that the number one reason the deal fell through was because Josh Wolf was potentially taking a pay cut from being a national team senior level wow. assistant head coach to being a first team head coach in MLS. So, I mean, you know, if you can't afford paying a guy enough to be more than an assistant, you know, in, you know, at the U.S. men's national team level, and he's an assistant, and he's a first-time head coach at that, you know, like, you're, you're not bringing in an Arsene Wenger or, you know, an Unai Emery, and, you know, certainly not a, a Zinedine Zidane, for example, you know, what does that say about your funding? We could banter about the fact that Pablo Mastroeni's contract, who was the head coach two head coaches ago was still under contract through this year and Anthony Hudson in the second of, I believe, a third or a four-year deal, how much of that's factoring in. But it's been a problem. Um, I think it's something that's a little bit overblown, especially given where the team is in terms of spending on wages. Um, you know, they spent a whole bunch of money on TAM players last year, um, and they were right in the middle. I think uh, at the end of that first transfer window, I think they were the 11th highest spending team in MLS last year, and that was with 23 teams. I imagine they're somewhere mid-table right now. You know, they're not... Um, 
in the Houston Dynamo. They're not sporting Kansas City in terms of their limits of actual player salaries. They haven't had a lot of money to spend on transfer fees, which I think is a critical thing, especially where you see the big money signings in MLS, whether it's a Wayne Rooney or one of the new young talents out of Argentina that they haven't been able to get. But, you know, this is still a team that salary-wise, even without the DPs and Tim Howard, uh, who's making about $2.4 million this year, they still dwarf at pretty much every single USL team that they have. And, you know, if, you know, spending should equal more talent, should equal a better team on paper, they should be better than, um, than most USL teams. Um, I think one thing that's kind of a curiosity for Rapid fans and just in the general MLS landscape, um, you're starting to see a shift in some of the old originals, you know, the 96ers teams, um, in terms of them rebranding to try and catch up to MLS expansion teams. Whether you look at Atlanta or LAFC, for example, the bar right now for what you have to be to become an expansion team in MLS is higher than what it is to be an existing MLS team. And it's way higher than it was when the Rapids were coming into the league or certainly the Chicago Fire or even Real Salt Lake like that. You know, right now, Cincinnati, you know, FC Cincinnati, they're failing expectations because, you know, the Rapids beat them a couple weeks ago and now they're at the bottom of the Supporters' Shield standing. And yes, they're getting yeah, we don't We don't feel badly okay. about that. We don't feel badly okay, about that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I'll crap on FC Cincinnati then. But, you know, they, they spent some money and, you know, they've missed out a bunch of players and they fired Alan Koch and I don't think that's all his problem. But, you know, right now the league's looking at, like, you just hired a new technical director. Like, you guys going to get another DP in the spring? Are you just waiting to get the new stadium? Like, Don Garber's thinking about that right now, and, you know, that's not good for them. At the same time, he's standing up and applauding everything that Bob Bradley's doing at LAFC. So if that's the expectation for the new guy to get into the club, you know, the, the existing MLS teams are kind of falling behind, and you've seen them have to go through a rebrand, whether that's a new stadium or spending more money or a change in ownership. It worked with Sporting Kansas City. It's fantastic right now for D.C. United. You know, thank God Columbus crew ended up staying in Columbus, and they're getting a new stadium, and the Haslams are spending a whole bunch of money, and, you know, now there's rumblings going on with the Chicago Fire. You know, Colorado Rapids are kind of next in line with that. Mm. Does that mean that the Cronkies, you know, who – spent a little bit of money back in 1996 and have operated this team on a minimum budget, you know, has that uh, asset appreciated enough to where then they could sell it off, make a whole bunch of profit for somebody who actually cares about the team. We'll see. You know, I, I don't need to tell you as an Arsenal fan anything about, you know, this team not wanting to spend any profits that it actually makes, even if the team sells out every game the rest of the way, and including the big friendly they have against Arsenal next month. Yeah, I'll be up there for that one as well. Uh, so you're telling me if I bring a, a, a cronky out banner, I'll be amongst friends? Oh, you uh, we, 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 you won't have to pay for a beer at eighteen seventy eight, the bar right behind one seventeen, the entire the entire night. We'll, we'll take care of you if you bring that, buddy. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna wrap it up right there. Um, one more question for you: You got a prediction for for Wednesday's match? Oh, I think it's going to be a close one, but um, I like some of the speed players who the Rapids end up having, and I think Connor Casey's going to be um, conservative enough with what's going on defensively. I'd expect Kellen Acosta to start in this game, especially since uh, he did not make the Gold Cup roster and just be that engine in the midfield. I think it'll be close, but I like the Rapids in extra time, I'm going to say by a score of 2-1. to one. All right, 2-1. to one. And uh, any shameless plugs you want to throw the, throw away the, uh, the uh, listeners? Uh, sure. Listeners, if you like what I said, uh, hit me up on Twitter at LWS Matt Pollard. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, we're at Rapids96Podcast and Rapids96Podcast at gmail.com. I guess the question I asked, David, um, what's the schedule looking like for um, you guys coming up to the game? Do you guys need any dinner pregame recommendations? So we are traveling up. We'll leave early Wednesday morning. Uh, we'll meet on the bus and, and head our way up there. I think we're going to stop and grab a bite in Colorado Springs on the way up. Um, check into the hotel a few hours prior to match, head on over. Well, question for you, uh, bouncing off that, do you guys tailgating for this match? Um, I believe they are. Um, I would check I would uh, check up with uh, C38. That should be at Centennial38. They probably already have the schedule up either on Twitter or their um, website, which I believe is it might, it's either C38 or Centennial38.org. Um, so um, if uh, they should be tailgating. Um, if not, and you guys have the ability to do it, the big soccer bar in Denver is um, the uh, British Bulldog. That's downtown on Stout Street. It's um, at the intersection of Stout and 20th. That is the home of American Outlaws Denver. Um, so uh, they'll definitely be partying it up for um, the uh, um, for the Women's World Cup that's going on. Great. Lots of really good beer options. Um, I'd also recommend Denver Beer Co. At least as far as the local option. But I, I don't know how it is with my with uh, Albuquerque. But I'm sure you know there's enough 
up, microbrew hotbed, and uh, you can find what you want. We got plenty of good IPAs. They're going to be great for you know a relatively warm, at least for us, uh, you know, summer evening. We're looking forward to it, and we will. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. We'll have to link up and and hopefully uh, hopefully spring the cup set on you. Thanks for talking to us, Matt. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, RJ, take us out. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, Matt. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back with the Curse Cast. New Mexico United Soccer. More than a team, this is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and honor his dad, and we honored him in the best way possible. You better not be the one to doubt her. We had to Because we gonna blow your own mind. What a win with the goalie. We had, and it's 3 now. We gonna blow your own mind. New Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. We gonna blow your own mind. Welcome back into the Curse Cast, RJ Montano, David Carl, joining you, and a special thanks again to Matt Pollard. That was a real, that was that was enlightening, wasn't the guy it? I knows his stuff, man. Yeah. It's uh, he's MLS level knowledge of his club. Got to got to be honest, yeah, that's great. it. He's good stuff. Six seven. Can you imagine <laughs> being six seven playing soccer? Could you imagine uh, being a guy like Santi Moar going against somebody who's six seven? So oh, Santi's gonna run right by just him. Run, well, that's yeah. the thing. You, I mean, you he's gonna run Ma- between his legs and just keep going. But you heard Matt say, you know, he's he's not very. The guy's not very fast. Yeah, Santi's fast. Kevon's fast. Devin's fast. Chris is fast. We are. We have a fast front line. So he may be big. Let's play the ball low. That's fine. Yeah. He, I mean. How many headers is he going to go for? <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> All right, so it is time for your favorite segment. My absolute favorite uh, segment. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. And as always, RJ, we start with the ugly so we can end with the good. What's your ugly? My ugly, you, you, usually I, I like to have fun with my ugly and, and you know joke around with it a little bit, call out somebody. But uh, this this week, it's, it's I, I'm being, this is from the heart. It, it, it's really serious. Um the chant, the the slur that keeps the p word, the p word that keeps coming out of the goal kicks. Uh, it, it's disgusting. It's stupid. Stop it. And what's worse is people defending it using culture, and, and that I hate. That I hate. That is not my culture. That is not our culture. Our culture is a culture of people who are hardworking and loyal. Uh, people who are chivalrous. Uh, you know, someone you could, you you want to be someone who you could look a man in the eye and shake his hand and agree on something or disagree on something uh someone your grandma's proud of your mm-hmm. mom's proud of yelling that that word yelling a slur being being like that is not our culture that is not my culture it, it just makes us seem illiterate and stupid it makes us seem like we can't be better than that mm-hmm. so stop defending it with with culture don't don't come at me like hey it's just our culture you're never going to get rid of it because it's our culture no it's not our culture our culture is a culture of being people who are great people who aren't a bunch of assholes mm-hmm. we need to stop that and stop defending it with culture the mexican national team has been penalized at least 11 times because of this word yep. They are trying to stop it, so it's not culture. It's yeah, they've not- done PSAs. They've done. They've had players come out and do PSAs uh, on television, on the radio, talking about how how this is a homophobic slur and and it's unacceptable. And and there's several other teams who this happens with, and that that and, and it's defended. This is our cult. It's not our culture. Knock it off. Yeah, that's and I hate it. And I and because you're trying to speak for me as well with this sure. saying, no, it's a culture. No, no, my culture is not like this. I'm not going to yell that word in front of my grandma. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yell that word in front of my mom. I, I, I have more respect for my family and my culture than to do this. Yeah. And, and, and from just from my perspective, you know, I, I do not have any Mexican heritage. You do. Um, but I am a proud new Mexican. Uh, and, and it, it looks it looks awful. It is awful. I mean, and think think about this. If you were a member of the LGBTQ community and you came here for Pride, you came to the first ever New Mexico United match because it was awesome. It was for Pride. Yeah, it, was, it was it was wonderful. Great. And then you heard that. There's a difference between you know. There's there's intent. You know, you may not intend for it to be a homophobic slur. You may not intend for it to sound like a homophobic slur. But it's important to recognize how something is received. Um, and frankly. 
I'm sure has been received that way for a long time. Well, if I step on your foot and I break your toe, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't intend to do that, but I still broke your toe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep, that's a great like, point. Like, this is, you need to, this needs to stop. This yeah. needs to stop. And, and what's worse is, is that it's, like, not second guess. It's like, oh, it's our culture. We're fine. No. Yeah. Stop that. We are better than that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Come see me if you want to talk about this, but this has to stop. This is not our culture. This is not our team either. Yeah. I hate seeing stuff on Twitter after the game saying like, oh, wow, wow. that's that sucks that you guys Classless, that. yeah. It, that was 20 people, by the way, and it's no one in the curse doing that. Sure. But the people who are sitting in the supporter section, you know what? If if you're offended by me asking you to, or not ask, me demanding you to stop and you don't want to come to games, fine. That's 20 more seats for people who deserve to be there. There you go. So, that you are my ugly. Stop it. Yeah. I, I hate it. All right. My ugly, uh, well said, by the way. Uh, my ugly is is more on the pitch, um, and that's taking one point from uh, our two-match homestand. Uh, obviously, uh, it was we, we had never lost, obviously, coming into uh, this past weekend's game, uh, and it was just rough. It's a uh, 1-1 draw against OKC, and then a 3-0 loss at home. Um, difficult. Every single team, obviously, as we said earlier, goes through something like this, goes through uh, a rough patch, goes through a, a lull in, in form, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's my ugly. Obviously, one point from a two-match homestand in which we, uh, and we're in a very crowded Western Conference and teams like Phoenix and El Paso and Fresno uh, are, are sneaking up on us. And, and with games in hand, they could actually pass uh, us for, for the top spot. Um, but again, as I said earlier, the single most important thing is how you respond. Uh, again, a draw and a loss at home, they can be the end of the world if you allow them to be, but you don't have to, you know, we can, we can go in to Las Vegas this weekend. We can go into the U S open cup on Wednesday, um, and, and get right back to the form we were in. Um, and I say, I keep saying we, we talked about this earlier, but <laughs> they, the, our guys that we, we support and we I love. I mean, you're on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's, uh, it, again, the most important thing is how we respond. And I, I have faith that, that. Coach Lassane and, and Brandon Morris and and every single one of the players on that pitch, all eleven who are on the field and 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 the guys who are on the bench, every single one of them uh, is going to give their all both on Wednesday and on Saturday and and we'll move forward. All right, what's your bad, RJ? My bad, uh, kind of bouncing off of you. My bad is Elvis Osmanovic. Oh. Who, who the hell's Elvis Osmanovic? I wish he's, I didn't know. He's the idiot ref from that game. <laughs> And I'm not saying, oh, it's his fault we lost 3 nothing. Elvis is, it's him. That that penalty, yeah, that was bad. I yeah, don't it think it was a penalty. Right. I went through and watched it at least five times, slow motion. I don't think it was a penalty. Sure. That happens sometimes. That happens to us a lot. It yeah. seems like that. Phoenix, us. especially. Anyway. Uh, but Elvis Osmanovic, he did not have control of the match, and that's why he's my bad. He, th- th- there was so much going on. There was punches being thrown that weren't carded, mm-hmm. uh, dives, all the dives that Sacramento Republic was doing. And that right there is why I was never really a soccer fan is because you see that. And you see that in a casual fan, of a casual sports fan, doesn't like that. I don't like that. I don't want to see that happen. Yeah, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think just as bad as as what you just referenced, uh, the dives and 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 things like that was the sheer amount of time wasting. Oh my goodness, it was and it was it, insane. Yeah, and it was allowed. And that was before before Sacramento even scored their first goal. Uh, they were taking their time on throws and free kicks and and foe in, uh, foe in, excuse me foe injuries. Um, it's it. Everything was slowed down, and I there was obviously a deliberate attempt because uh, I'm assuming there was a game plan coming in. You know, we know as Sacramento, we know that New Mexico United uh, likes to play fast, they like to play quick. So it seemed like there was a concerted effort to slow down. And uh, as an official, you need to be able to keep the game going at pace. You need to be able to, uh, I guess, restrict the time wasting to an to an extent. And he didn't do that. No, he did not. And he, from the beginning, he did not have control of the game. Yeah, he was and, very happy when Elvis left the building. Yeah, very happy and. I don't know. Was it was the crowd size too big for him? Was what, what happened? <laughs> so there like, was because he's a, an MLS ref. Yeah, he's he's, he's ref, refereed MLS matches, which at, scares me. We might get him again this week. <laughs> well, and 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 speaking of us being too loud or or whatever you want to call it, uh, my bad uh, in, in this situation um, is at halftime. I had uh, somebody from New Mexico United come over to me, and I, I as for those of you who don't know, I, I capo. Um, someone come over to me and say that the Sacramento head coach um, said that I was intimidating his players. If you've seen me, 
I, I'm not all that intimidating, RJ. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tall. I'm six foot one, uh, but I got a nice beer belly going. You know, I'm no professional athlete. Uh, but yeah, I was told that I was I was intimidating the opponent. Uh, I don't really know how. Uh, so it, here's here's my thought: if if you and your players, Simon Elliott, by the way, the head coach, and you know, I, I think you're looking at my notes because I have my good was going to be Simon Elliott is terrified of David Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good good. Oh, I appreciate but I guess that. you took my you took it. So I didn't mean to. Else, I didn't mean but. to. Uh, but no, and it's just like if that's what you're focused on, and that's what you're worried about, there's probably a bigger issue there. I'm not that intimidating. You weren't doing anything. I was. Well, I was leading cheers. I was yelling at their goalie. And the thing is, it was in the first half. Their goalie wasn't even in our half for that first half. Yeah. So, so if you are so concerned by a supporter who is right by the stands, exactly where I would be if we had a capo stand. It's not like I was running onto the pitch. It's not like I was even that close to the pitch. Maybe shift your focus a little bit, Simon Elliott. That's my bad. Yeah, Simon Elliott. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> All right. Well, since you took my good as your bad, yeah. I guess I'll change it up. And and it's going to be... Uh, Let's see here. You want me to do my good and you want to... Do you well, have it? You I, got have it. it. Okay. I think I have one. You got um, it. Um, so Sacramento scored their first goal. Yes. And it was on our side. Yes. And the first thing they did was come up and try to intimidate or, or, or provoke, provoke something. Well, they shushed just like happened in, just like what happened in Portland. The guy came over and tried to shush the supporters. Yes. And and the supporters, thankfully, we didn't throw anything. Yes. No beer was tossed in. David didn't get hit in the face with any cans or anything. <laughs> I didn't get cut But that's, that's not my good. Well, my good is not once in that half did we say anything disparaging about them mm-hmm. we just cheered our own team and we were loud and and we were proud sure and it got to them yeah. they have they draw they big wanted crowds. to rile us up they draw big crowds yeah. but they don't draw new mexico crowds of course. they do not draw loud obnoxious just standing and screaming for 90 minute crowds that's us. so that's my good yeah. it is I mean, they tried to provoke something because they don't like and they don't get what we have. Yeah. Well, and you know what? If, if a player's coming over and shushing the fan base, by all means, scream at them, yell at them, flip them off. I don't care. But and- That didn't happen. What happened? We started <laughs> singing, we love you, we love you, we love you. But the thing is, the, the, I, I, I have no issue personally with us screaming at the opponent when they come over and do that. They need to know it's our house. But we didn't do it in a way that got me hit with beer cans, which is great. Um, and, and again, they didn't get the reaction they wanted. Yeah, and that's he what uh, well, you had his name. I can't remember. Uh, I don't even remember who um, it was. Cameron Iwasa. Yeah, yeah. He, he tried to get that because I, I don't know why. He came over and just shushed us because we were loud. No one said anything bad about them during that well, entire they're try- Again, they're trying to get a reaction. And you know what? Uh, uh, the supporters stayed strong, and it was great. It and was great. But just being that loud and, and <laughs> making you, – you were in his head. I mean, it didn't help us. We 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 – Still lost three sure. nothing, but we were in their heads enough to try to get them to get a reaction out of us. Yeah, and we didn't give them one. It was great. It was great, and so that kind of plays right into my good, uh, which was the supporters, uh, and it's been the supporters a couple times this year, uh, specifically just how damn good everybody sounded. Uh, so we've had drums for a while, and they've always been fantastic. We've had some cheers and chants going, and they've been really great. Uh, flags going all the time. This match, the Sacramento match, we added horns. We added a horn section. Barakutanga, uh, who uh, we're affectionately dubbing Barakurstanga. Barakurstanga. Uh, we've been, they've joined the curse. They are one with us. And uh, we've got horns. We've got trumpets, trombones. Uh, we've got shakers. shakers. We've <laughs> got drums. And it's, we have, they've been having practices. It's been fantastic. And it sounds so good. God, it sounds so good. You know, they've, it's it's taking taking our normal chance, you know, like we've already been doing. Like uh, uh, I don't know, give me give me one of our chants. Uh, the O Somos Unidos. Yeah, so that's holy a, that's cow, a great that's example. one of my favorites. So yeah, the o, our O Somos Unidos, which I'm sure if you're a United fan, you've heard a million times. It's now mixed in with horns and drums and and a beat and a rhythm, and it just gets everybody up and dancing and moving for the full ninety. It's it's fantastic. It's so so cool. And and to that end, uh, we were down three nil in the 90th minute. They got their third goal in the 90th minute, and nobody in the supporter section left. 
Nobody in the supporter section started singing. I mean, excuse me, stop singing. We we were literally going the entire time through stoppage time, through the end of the match, and the players came over and we were still singing songs. It was fantastic. Yes. Um, you know, we great. sang our version of De Colores at the very end, which I want everybody to learn. We posted on social media. If you get the chance, if you're sitting in the supporter section or anywhere in the stadium, Learn that the it's entire really stadium. We want the, the entire stadium after the game Sing or during song. the game with us. Yeah, it's but great. after the game, when the players are running to us, win, loss, draw, let's get De Colores singing to them. And and not De Colores, but our version yeah. of De Colores. There's Thanks some, to Javi Javier. Javi wrote that. It's he did a great job, and it's a it's an awesome version that kind of uh, just talks about how much we love the club. Um, so anyway, it, I just my my good is is the support. Uh, how how great you guys sounded. Um, how proud I am to be a capo for you guys. Um, and we're going to keep moving forward and keep getting louder and keep getting better. Yeah, that's, that's, that is a great good to, to end on. And, and did you see me playing the drums? I did. You were great. I've never played the drums in my life before. <laughs> you looked exhausted by the I end. I was exhausted <laughs> at the end. I'm not used to moving like that, but thanks to, uh, Kiko, he was been teaching me. He's, yeah. he's just like giving me a couple lessons before. So that was really fun. Wow, he was awesome. So, so much fun being loud and obnoxious. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the curse, the members of the curse, and and I mean, ninety eight percent of the supporter section you guys are amazing. You guys are a, we're all a family, and I love this. Yep, it's fantastic. It's been a lot of fun. All right, David, let's uh, thank a few people. Let's do it. Star Brothers Brewing, fifty seven hundred San Antonio. Thank you to Star. Um, back of the new curse shirt too. Yeah, yeah, we got. I'm wearing it right now. You guys can't see it because this is a, an audio broadcast. But uh, Doral Motors, Star Brothers, and and uh, Roadrunner Law Firm all came together to put together these awesome turquoise curse shirts. Uh, they had about 400 plus of them. They gave out at the tailgate, which was a lot of fun. Um, so if you I'm got excited one, excited to see you wear them around town. Yeah, rock them around town. It'll be great. So yeah, thanks to those three uh, sponsors as well. Uh, Rio Bravo Brewing at 1912 Second Street. That's Second and I 40. Uh, up in Santa Fe, Boxcar 530 South Guadalupe. In Las Cruces, Bosque Brewing, 901 East University Avenue. And uh, this is, we had a lot of fun here today, Rude Boy Cookies. Oh, yeah, we had a fundraiser there today. Uh, it'll be yesterday by the time you guys hear this. But uh, we had a cursed cookie, a specific cursed cookie that they were selling. And uh, thank you to, to Mike over there and to the whole Rude Boy staff. You guys are awesome, and, and we appreciate you. And the funds are going to go towards our trip to trip to Denver. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I tweeted out a picture of my daughter. She uh, <laughs> she had one of the curse cookies, and then she had my curse cookie. And then David decided that she needed a, a sprinkle cookie. Hey, so I'm, I'm, I am glad Uncle I'm here David recording. I'm glad I'm here recording a podcast and not, not dealing not with a sugar, sugar rush right now. My, she's probably crashed out. That's I also good. also want to give a shout out to 505 Food Fights. Uh, we had our fundraiser there last week. Uh, it was God, it was so much fun. So if that those was of you cool. Don't, it was really cool. For those of you who don't know, 505 Food Fights is essentially kind of like Iron Chef, but New Mexicoized. Um, so they get uh, they don't the chefs don't know ahead of time. Uh, they'll have a secret ingredient. Um, and this was the championship round for the first season, so they had three secret ingredients. Um, and it was, what was it, octopus, uh, wild, wild boar. boar, and whole chicken. And they have to make two dishes in, I think, like 50 minutes or something like that. Um, and then there's judges, and you can bid to be a judge. And it was so much fun. God, it, it was a blast. I'm going back even when the curse is not involved. But for this one, it uh, was a fundraiser. We raised a, a bunch of funds for uh, for that trip as well to Denver. Um, and so thank you to everybody over at 505 Food Fights. We had a lot of fun. Like I said, I'm going to go back even when the curse is not involved. Yeah, that was so much fun. Did you, did you get to – well, I, I, I camped out in a special place. <laughs> oh, you get to go in the kitchen, by oh, the way. yeah, you're I in the kitchen that. that. Yeah. So so they're, the chefs are running around trying to do their job, and I don't know how they do this, but uh, they are running around. You know, They have stuff in the oven and stuff on, on the stove, and, and they're chopping up stuff and – doing all these amazing things, and you're in the kitchen with them with a the beer. I'm holding the beer, and they're <laughs> running by me like, move, got to do this. And they're like, they're very respectful, but they're, they're awesome. They were, it's, it's, how, it's such a cool experience. How cool is that? Because they're, they're, they're competing against each other, two yep. chefs. Yep. They're competing against time, uh-huh. and they're competing against a bunch of clowns standing in their way. Yeah, drunk idiots like me and you <laughs> drinking beer in their damn kitchen. <laughs> yeah, but I was in a special place. I got to try some of the schnitzel. Oh, yeah, the pork Wild schnitzel. Wild boar pork oh, schnitzel. Wild oh, boar, yeah. man, it was delicious. I had uh, one of the chefs did, uh, he, he took avocado, and then he sliced the wild boar super, super thin. 
Um, and then uh, kind of made like a deep fried sushi roll out of oh, it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before, so before this, good. I did not know this. You camped out in the kitchen. And yeah. when they left to go present their stuff, they were you guys ate all the leftovers. Uh-huh. I was wondering where you went. They only needed enough plates for the judges. Yeah, anything that was left was... Uh, Eagerly eaten by some folks, including myself, in the kitchen. It was fun. It was a lot it of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and congrats. Um, uh, it Dom from Dia de los Tacos. Yeah, and Dia de los Tacos kind of uh, was a sponsor. He, he helped us out at Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, well, he, he gave us a bunch of tacos for our tailgates that were absolutely fantastic. Fish tacos and avocado tacos. They were great. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. So and, and congrats the curse, to Dom. the curse helped him out there. <laughs> so and then and then so season two is coming up soon. We need to figure out the date on that. But um, it's going to be Brianna was telling us it's going to be duos. So two chefs teaming up, I. two on two. And you and I, we RJ, I can make like mac and cheese, and that's it. That's man. the name, mac and cheese. We're team shake and, and bake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but like I was saying, thank you to Rude Boy who we were at today, fifteen uh, one fifteen Harvard Drive Southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN Radio 1017, the team, the flagship station for New Mexico United Soccer. And, and the noms. The noms. And BGN. We love you guys. Yeah. We love being a part of the BGN, uh, USL, MLS, Premier League uh, podcasts. Uh, log on, bgn.fm. There's a variety of podcasts. It's a beautiful game network. You'll see how great the Cursed Cast is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in as well. Yeah, we, we love you guys. We absolutely can't do this without our fans. You guys... Uh, it feels weird saying fans, doesn't it? We don't. We don't have fans. We don't United, have fans. United has, United has fans. fans, but but people but they, coming up to us telling us they enjoy the podcast yeah, is, is the coolest thing in the world. It's so a lot. Of fun. You made my whole day. Uh, a couple people who have done that this past week. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you guys again for tuning in. We will see you in a lot in Las Vegas. We will see you in Denver. Again, a couple spots left on that Denver bus. You are welcome to join us, but get on that soon because their last few spots are probably going to go pretty quickly. So again, we'd love to have you. But until then, somos unidos. We are you now. For the taking, the earth is shaking from that groovy quaking. Coming out of this guitar and, and the beat goes on and on and on from day till night.